I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Today on the show, we have my friend Darren Wilson, and he was a guy who was on a God journey where he didn't believe quite in the miraculous and thought a lot of it was embellished or exaggerated and went on a journey with God through his filmmaking career. And the first film he made was called Finger of God, where he was going to prove or disprove if miracles were real. And then he went from that to making so many other films, Father of Lights, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost Reborn, many others, and is still making films today. Darren's the founder of WP Films and Television Production Company that focuses on creating media that's creatively empowering the kingdom of God, which I just love. He's also an author and a speaker. Darren's films have been seen by millions around the world. And he is author of four books. I love his newest one. We're going to talk about it. I have to ask him about it today because it's just, he's so emotionally intelligent for the process of coming out of just unbelief and a mindset of not really understanding the fullness of God's love. So I really love his latest book. Uh, he is with Devon Franklin, the former vice president of a production for Going to Be a Pictures, calls Darren one of the most innovative filmmakers and authors of faith today. And you can find out more at WPFilm.com. And it's going to be a great episode. And I just want to encourage you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We've had millions of downloads of these episodes. And I know it's taking you guys on a journey. But if you can remember to subscribe and also to leave a review or comment and rate us if you can on whatever podcasting stream you're using, we would sure love that because it would help other people get involved as well. Thanks so much. Hey, Exploring the Prophetic Family, we have an incredible new resource for you. My new book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations is out now. I wrote this book so that you would have a very specific tool to help you use words to define your own history and future with God. Throughout human history, we've seen prayer and the prophetic and declarations shape society, set culture, provide heritage, and bring vision for the future. And when you combine prayers, declarations, and prophecies like you encounter in this book, you become even more intentional about the power of words. Prophecies, prayers, and declarations are instrumental for us to enter our promised land. This book, Provision, Prophecies, Prayers, and Declarations, will cover topics in finances, resources, family, influence, favor, business, and more. Through this book, I'm inviting you on the journey of learning how to use words to speak in the very fabric of your life, the spiritual realm, and the world around you. I pray that you'll find yourself using and reusing this book as you hear God speak to your heart. You can get our book anywhere books are sold, but if you get it at bullsministries.com and you pre-order it or post-order it, you're going to get a very exclusive teaching series. So I want to encourage you to get it there. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today. I have Darren Wilson, who I love on the show. Hey, Darren, how are you? I'm good, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> I'm so good. I uh, am just hot off, you know, reading your book not too long ago. That's just coming. I got to read it before everybody else. That's, uh, I mean, it's it's a real game changer for a lot of people who are struggling with disconnection from God, who are really good believers, or or does God is God disappointed in me? Does God love me? Is God is all this stuff real that I'm trying to believe in? Like it was really deep. Like it, it's it's taken people on a journey. But tell us about it and um, and just what's happening. Besides that, we'll talk about it in a few minutes too. But I just want to talk about this book, which we don't normally do on this podcast. But I think it's important for people to hear. Yeah. Um, well, it's it, the book is called Chasing a God You Don't Want to Catch, and um, <laughs> the the title is really born out of the vast majority of my Christian life. 
basically, um, where, you know, I, I, I grew up in the church. I was always very involved in the church, uh, but I didn't really like the church. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't really, I, I didn't, you know, I loved God, but I didn't trust him. Um, wasn't, I'm not sure I even really liked him. Um, yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to like someone you can't trust. Right. And so totally. for me, it was, it was, it's kind of a, it's a book that's filled with a lifetime of um, just thoughts that were buried beneath the surface that you're not allowed to really talk about openly in like proper church setting. You know what I mean? And that's what I felt like. I mean, I'm just not to interrupt you too much, but I felt like, wow, he's being really brave. And he's, he's putting some things on the table of the conversation that people usually talk about under the table. So I was so proud of you. It was so good. Keep going. Well, thanks. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's just like, I mean, it's, you know me, Sean. I mean, and, and I don't, I'm not, I don't like hype. I don't like, I just, if it's not a hundred percent real, I just don't want to waste my time. You know what I mean? Like there's so many things that I can put my, put my time and thought and hand to. And it's like, man, it's in, you know, with God, it's, you're talking about the central like being of my Mm -hmm. entire existence. And it's like, and there's a wrestling match that I've had with him for pretty much my entire life. And what I, the more that I've like traveled in, like, you know, I speak a lot in churches and show my movies a lot of places the more I'm finding like, man, this is where the, like the majority of Christians that I meet, they're kind of are all struggling with the same stuff of just like, I really want to love God and I really want to be all in, but like, what's he going to, what's he going to, what does that mean? And what's, what is that? How's that going to affect me? And typically what we think is it's going to affect us negatively. Like he's going to want to take things from us. He's going to force us to do things we don't want to do. He's going to test our love constantly and you know what I mean? And you're just kind of like, and I just, for me, the, the, kind of the central theme of the book came from just, you know, growing up reading the Bible and I saw how he treated his friends and it was like the closer, the closer you get to him, the more that is expected of you. And the more, and like, it's almost like the narrower, like you, you don't have a whole lot of, uh, there's, there's like less grace almost. That's what it felt like for me. Yeah. Like the closer you get to God, the less grace he gives you because it's, you know, the whole thing. You know, don't don't be teachers because you're, you're going to be judged more severely, right? And so I'm like, well, what the heck? Like, why would I want to get close to you if that just means like my my you know I'm going to get I'm going to punished more harshly and more quickly? So I spent the majority of my life just being fine with like kind of being a spiritual doofus. Like I'm cool just being on the outskirts as long as I get into heaven, I'm good to go. But like, I don't want to get too close to him because that's when the closer you get to God, the more dangerous he gets. And and that's wow. what I, that's kind of where this whole, the book, I just, it, it, it was like the time in my life where I'm like, all right, I just have to get all the stuff from my past out and just, you know, and hopefully some other people read it and, and, and find some comfort in it and realize that like the, the, a lot of the things that we're, that we're bringing to God are really, really unfair to him. And it's, they're based off of just, you know, really crappy assumptions of who he is. Yeah. It's interesting because I feel like, um, you know, when you're in a really healthy relationship and you go through friction or you go through hardship with that relationship or judgment towards each other, you can rebalance pretty easily. But when you're in a dysfunctional relationship or you don't really know the person, you think the person's holding cards or, you Mm -hmm. know, they're they're holding their cards and they're not going to show you really what they think. It's hard to be in a really good relationship. And it's, there's always that level of like performance and I felt like in reading your book, it felt like people need to be honest with where they're at with their perception of who God is mm-hmm. so that they can get to know the real God. And I, th- I think you've done that really well through all of your movies and all four of your books. But there's like 
something about this one was so raw. I was like, wow, this is, yeah, he's, he's going there. But it was so good because I've, I have this conversation. You know, we do a lot of these events on the prophetic around the world and, um, and people like really mature, good people. Like it's not fringy people who don't like church, really good, mature people are struggling with the exact same perception mm-hmm. and kind of conversation. That's why, why I wanted to talk about this on the show, because I feel like there's, you know, sometimes we, we hear these kinds of conversations and it scares people who aren't going through this because they go, are you okay? Versus the, the real question should be like, how can I support you in this time where you're trying to figure out God, not are you okay? Because to challenge and question to grow is actually one of the things we have to do. Yeah. And the church kind of needs a reformation right now of ideas and, and of really the nature of God being expressed the right way. So we can rebalance, but uh, yeah. tell me about, some of the places as a mature kind of, you know, you're already in the ministry, you're already doing all kinds of stuff, you're teaching film, all these things. Like what was some of the scary points when this was coming up in you? And then how did God resolve some of those things? How did he speak to you or show you himself? Well, I mean, just the whole, the whole faith walk was just kind of, it was, it was, I wouldn't say it was never scary. It's never, it's always just been like more, I want to say the, annoying is probably the wrong word too it's it's just been very like tension filled i guess that's the best way i can describe like my walk with the lord for the vast majority of my life there's just this kind of unspoken tension where it's (laughs) like i man i really i really want to love you but it was also like looking around me looking at the church community around me and everybody seems so happy and everybody wow. seems so like they had they like they really loved this God and they they kind of and he like has, has changed their life radically and completely. And I'm looking at myself and I'm like, man, I don't feel like he's changed much in me at all. I'm still a jerk. I'm still like yell at my kids. I still you know, what I mean, like I'm not seeing like this kind of like this bliss filled experience that all these other people seem to have. Uh, and so there is this tension of like, what am I doing wrong? Like, am I yeah. is, is there something wrong with me? And then, you know, I just look deeper into, into my own like issues. And I'm like, yeah, I guess there's, there's a lot wrong with me. You know what I mean? And it's like, but you can't really, <laughs> a lot of times you, if you don't, if you're not in the health, if you don't have like healthy friends and healthy like church, there's nowhere to go with that other than just, man, I suck as a Christian. You know what I mean? And oh so then you're just like, God, I just, I, I'm just going to fall on your grace. But then at the same time, it's like, well, when's his great, is his grace going to come to an end pretty soon? So for, for me, mm-hmm. it actually, it was actually like. My friendship, this is going to sound like, like, like you set this, this question up, but it's, it's, this is really true. You actually taught me um, something really, really important, and it's become kind of one of the central, central themes in, in, even in my work kind of moving forward, um, where I remember, I don't even know if you remember talking to me about this, but like you, you have always been a big proponent, proponent of just letting, allowing people to go on their journey, to have their own faith journey. And not necessarily constantly trying to like wedge them into where they're supposed to be. And I remember it was, I mean, it was like, gosh, this has been probably years and years and years ago. It's probably during an interview with you or something. And, uh, and it really stuck with me though. And it's been something that I've been exploring pretty deeply for the last few years of just, you know, what does this faith journey look like? And, and basically getting to a place, and that's kind of, I guess, where the book came from too, is getting to a place where where we can just embrace our journey. You know what I mean? We can embrace yeah. the, 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 it's, it's, you're not going to get to the end tomorrow. You know, you're not going to get, finally get to the, the mountaintop and be like, I figured it all out. Like 
there's always going to be dips and valleys and, and, you know, and for me, it's just been a, a, a real lesson in trying to allow people around me that I care about um, to have their journey and not constantly get freaked out, you know, when they're straying from the path or when they're doing really, really stupid things. Um, it's, it's about coming alongside them, kind of like you said, and like, okay, what does love look like in this situation? Um, and it doesn't, and love never looks like coercion. And I think that's where we get in trouble a lot. We're Christians. We want to coerce people into like being good, like get back to being good, get back to like making good decisions. Well, I think when religion's a system, like, you know, and it's not a relationship, then you have to manage people to look like your religion. But when it's a relationship, you're you're like, you're in charge of managing yourself. I'm in charge of managing me and I will love you, but I'm not going to control you to make different decisions. And that's the part that Christians have done bad for a long time is that we, you know, someone's daughter moves in with her boyfriend and we immediately like react and don't even realize that that's not the issue. The issue is even deeper than that. Right. And we need to be going for the heart, not the the external fruit, but the root system. And um, which also takes two people to, to have a conversation about. A lot of people don't want to share that part of themselves. And we want people to be accountable for things that they're not even giving us their heart in. And that's what I've been fighting for for a long time as far as Let's know our authority and our authority has to be based on relationship and love. And if we don't have that, do we really have authority? Right. Right. And I think it can get twisted too when, you know, because it's a, it's a fine line to walk though, because, you know, on the, the, the other side, a lot of times will accuse you if you're not, if you're not telling this person that what they're doing is totally sinful and they have to stop, then you're just a, you're approving of it and you're fine with it and you're, you're weak on sin and you're, yeah. and it, you know, it, it just gets so I, I, like, I get that too. Like, the thing is, like, if you're if you're parental and you're a parent, if your daughter or son, or daughters or son are going through something, um, you can't help but talk to them about it and the consequences of it. You just can't, and you do it out of a place of pa- passion and pain. When you're in religion and you are like, "Here's the principle, you're violating it," no one wins. And so I think, like, for me, I'm always confronted in love when there's someone I'm responsible for. And we've had a church in LA. It's been real hard. Yeah. <laughs> For 10 years as a pastor, and I, had to, I felt like I had to bring stuff to people regularly because there was so much stuff that was, you know, way off of just basic Bible. But mm-hmm. you're right. I like, I love what you're saying. Cause like, I, you know, remembering having to let some friends who were even going on a journey as second or third generation Christians going, I don't know if I believe in God anymore. And I knew I couldn't win them to that conversation, but I could stay connected and love. Right. Yeah, they're all on the other end of it. Mary doing great now, but it just, you know, if I had pressed in as the pastor figure and tried to fix them, I would have lost them and they probably would have lost their real connection to anything that left them grounded in church. But yeah. because I was willing to go on that journey of just saying, I love you anyways, you know, like, let's just keep going. And you're in your own faith journey. I just, you know, you know what I believe. I know what you, I'm learning what you believe. It actually helped them to go on, you know, these people who are becoming what, what are the religious community called apostates who are leaving believing God. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it, like if the right person would have just loved them well and let them right. ask the good questions. That's what I love about your book is like, you said some really bold things that in your wrestle on your journey that I felt like people aren't allowed to say typically it's like illegal in the religious community. And yeah. it reminded me of Martin Luther when he was saying, why aren't we reading the Bibles for ourselves? Why don't we, you know, like, why aren't people doing that? And the whole church is like, what? <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. Keep going. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to Take us on a no, bunny trail. No, I just, I mean, I think you're, you're hit, hit around the head. I just think a lot of times we, we, I think, and I think it comes from a place, I think it comes from a place of love, at least of what a lot of times that we understand what we think love is. Yeah. Of where we want, we want to protect people from themselves. 
Um, and sometimes though, like, that's not like, that's not how the Lord works with us though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he allows us to make our decisions and to bump into walls and to kind of like, like go down straight on paths. We shouldn't go down. Um, you know, and it's like, but he's always wooing us back. He's always like, I will, I'll walk, I'll even walk with you into this. If, you know what I mean? But like, I, I'm not going to allow you to stay here. But like, you know, I, I just think like we're constantly trying to control people yeah because you know for be, with good intentions but the problem is any like control is not love and that's i think just where we get we just get things twisted a little bit yeah absolutely i think it's you know so in this conversation that you've been having in the book coming out because now it's out of its release i know people read it how do you feel um people are responding like, what's it opening up as far as the conversations and the feedback you're getting I don't know. I haven't got, I've haven't gotten hardly any feedback yet. So I'm kind of waiting. I'm waiting to hear what, uh, I'm waiting to hear what people think. It just came out, it came out like the worst possible time. We're like in the middle of a pandemic and like, you know, it's like, it's just, everything's just crazy. So I'm like, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting to hear what people <laughs> I'm giving think. You I'm feedback. Like, <laughs> I enjoyed reading it. <laughs> I, know, I know you liked it. <laughs> I did. I really liked it. Well, let's talk about kind of your, your overall journey. Cause you are in the process of looking at making some more films and for those of you who haven't watched Darren's films, I want to encourage you to go get them from his website because you, your perspective is going to change. Just watching God be God through all the people that Darren gathers and watching just the incredible stories one by one. I just feel like it causes you to want to live that way. It causes you to want to be like I have before and after moments with the films. Like I even think like a lot of my own personal prophetic ministry with evangelism that's been happening for the last six or seven years in a major way has happened because I think what would Todd White do in this situation? Because I watched <laughs> movies. And so like, you know, like he would love, he would go after him. Like when I want to, I don't want to be bold. And I think of, you know, people at Jake Hamilton going into, you know, India or whatever, like just crazy stuff. I'm like, I think of the things you've shown us through your own experience of wanting to grow and see this perspective released. And it's changed me for sure. I know it's changed literally hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions, but what are you working on and why? Uh, okay, so the next film that I'm doing is called The God Man, and uh, this is this is the one that I've I've been waiting to make this for probably eight years now. I mean, it's just I've just been kind of waiting for God to give me the go ahead. And this is going to be what I'm trying to do is just make a Jesus film for a new generation, basically. So it's yeah. a documentary, like all of them. Um, but I want to I want to introduce the world to the Jesus that I've actually like come to know over the last mm. twelve years of making these films. And a lot of it is, again, just coming back to some of the stuff we've already touched on. But just, you know, I want to talk about who Jesus is, but I also want to talk about a little bit about who he isn't. Because I just feel like like the, 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 the global church, we're just not doing a great job of like, of, of like showing the world the true Jesus. You know what I mean? I feel like yeah. for so long, at least in my, this, I'm just going to, I can only talk about my experience. Like my experience of kind of growing up with Jesus has always been, Jesus was, he was never like a person to be encountered. He was never like, that was, that was like kind of a weird thing. He was a decision to be made, you know? And it's like, and I feel like the reason so many Christians are just, you know, why we're so poor at representing him and in, in, in kind of his true heart and who, and like what, who he actually is, is we just haven't met him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like we've, we've made, we've yeah. made decisions for him. Like we, we, we believe a set of things about him, but it's like, that's a big difference between like actually like really knowing somebody. And I find it fascinating in the scriptures when Jesus is talking about, you know, 
you know, where he, you know, and at the end, at the end, he, like he's talking to what we would say a lot of times are actual believers. Like when people are saying, but Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we like, we did all these things and you're like, that, that's, that's like a believer, you know? And he says, what he says, I never knew you. Like you believed, con- you believed a concept, but you never knew me. And I never knew, you. I don't know who you are and you don't know who I am. And that's why you have, you, you have no fellowship with me because I don't, you're not my friend. You know what I mean? And so that's where I'm just kind of, I want to like kind of give the world a very like undiluted just view as, as like straight down the line scripturally as possible of just of who Jesus is or who he isn't. And like, just draw a line in the sand and basically be like, Hey, look, this is who he is. If you can't fall in love with this, then I can't do anything else for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, but you have to make a decision, like watching it, you watch this movie, you know who he is, make a decision. And, you know, not making a decision is making a decision. So it's kind of like, yeah. it's just, I just want to kind of like get in people's faces a little bit. And I think it's time to like, especially in the charismatic movement, I you feel like, I think it's time for, I'd love to see a little shift more of like, let's get back to Jesus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like gifts are yeah. great. Gifts are awesome. I love gifts, but like, can we just get back to Jesus? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I remember something made me really sad. Um, you know, my, my daughter was dating. So this is, this is a while back. She was like dating some, a boy and he wasn't really a believer. He's kind of like fringy. And, um, you know, I was like, well, Hey, like, let's, let's take him to church or something. And she's like, dad, like, he's not going to understand anything that church talks about. Like, he's like, I haven't heard the gospel in church in like years. And like, that's numerous churches. And like, she's like, that's what he needs. He needs the gospel. He doesn't need like more of the more of the gift stuff because he doesn't understand what that is, and that's and it really made me sad. I'm like, man, that's true. I'm like, when's the last time I've heard the the true gospel in the church? Like, it just doesn't doesn't happen very much, especially in our stream. It's not like the biggest thing, and so you know that's why too because teaching people about you know prophetic gifts, hearing God's voice, trying to demystify it. One of the things I'm constantly uh, answering questions about, especially on like our mentoring platform online, where we have literally thousands of people, and some of the people consistently are asking the questions like, "How do I know it's God leading me?" Yeah. And when it comes to like things like we're all supposed to have some measure of like resource for our destiny, or what if it's about a relationship issue? Like I feel like God's leading me to marriage with someone or whatever. And I'm I'm looking at them going, "Okay, let's just ask the basic question: Is this about you or is it about Jesus? <laughs> if it's about Jesus." You can actually ground yourself in the truth. If it's about what you want and your desire, you will literally do, you know, hear God however you want to for your desire. And it can still violate Jesus. It can violate your life because your life can start to revolve around the next word about the next wealth versus right. the next word about how it's going to unlock who Jesus is on the earth right now. And it's just that easy. It's like so easy to start to draw because I've had to go through that through the years with my own motives of how I hear from God, connect the Holy Spirit. Is it really about Jesus and giving him his reward? Because this this lifetime is not about what I get. This lifetime is about what I get to give to him. And I do feel like you're right. It's like I've done a lot of salvation altar calls and a lot of including the gospel messages in our Facebook lives and in the Zoom calls I've been on and the radio shows and the TV shows. I feel like almost every TV show and radio show in the last year, almost all of them minus TBN, I've done a lot of salvation calls. No, I did TBN too. I did it twice. And I just feel like I can't help it. And it's not like the traditional ask Jesus in your heart. It's like, we need to know him. And when we have him, this is what it looks like. This is what a life can look like in relationship and connection to God. 
And I'm, I'm finding myself, I have no pressure doing it and I'm not being asked to do it. I just can't help but do it because I want people to know him. Like, I just want people. And I've had so many people are like, I always thought I was saved, but I didn't really know him. I never really, I invited him in my heart to live, but not actually as the Lord of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just interesting to me that you're saying this because I want, I so want people to meet Jesus. I just so want them to know. And I want the Christians who don't really know him to, to, to know him and how good he is and how he changes us constantly. And that's what, you know, the first place people learn how to hear from God about is usually conviction of like, you don't need to be this. You can be this. Like the Holy Spirit shows right. us hey, the way you treated this person yesterday was wrong. You could do it this way instead. Like he's so good at like non, not hyper confrontation, but just like sharpening us. And I feel like almost all Christians, even the conservative evangelicals can relate to that. They just don't call it God's voice, but that's how good he is, is to make, you know, make right. us like him. And most, most of us don't even realize that it's like, we're still dealing with the false image of God. So I'm so glad you're making this movie. Wow. That's going to be profound. So tell me about like, when you're making a movie like this, how do you go about the process? I mean, for people who are young budding filmmakers or just curious about how you do it, like, how do you, like you had this idea for eight years, you want to reveal Jesus this way, like who's involved? How do you pick places to go? How do you, because that's all faith, right? Because like, you're not you never set anything up in advance that could be contrived, mm-hmm. which I love no. about you. So how do you do that? Well, you know, it's interesting what you were just saying about, um, you know, when you're, when you're moving in kind of like your gifting, is it about you or is it about, is it about Jesus? And I feel like, you know, I, I, a lot of me wonders if he's, he's kind of kept me from making this movie because in the process of making these, you know, past six films before it, I mean, he's had to really wean all that stuff out of me of like, mm. you know, cause there's a, there's a part of you, like when you're making a, if you're making a movie, it's like, okay, I really want people to like this movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, Absolutely. and I, and I want to make decisions that are, that can maybe be, that are maybe a little, are provocative. And I want to, you know what I mean? And it's just, and it's like, you're, it's this, this, this kind of fine balance between um, trying to tell a really good story, but also just being as pure as you possibly can in your heart. And, um, and so it's really, he's just kind of gotten all that stuff out of me. Do you know what I mean? Like where I'm just like, now it's like, I have the most precious cargo I've ever been given. It's like Jesus himself. And it's like, I, I'm not going to, this is none of this is going to be about me. Do you know what I mean? And so what I, I guess, how do I do it? I mean, I just pray a lot. <laughs> I pray a lot. Um, I, and I just, I ask, I, I, I position myself to partner with them. That's how I do it. And like when I teach about this stuff, I, you know, it's how do you partner with God creatively? Well, you have to, you have to start by first positioning your heart to actually want him to be involved in the process because, you know, and it's hard for some, a lot of artists to do that because artists by nature have really healthy egos. You know, we, we, we're like one of some of the few people in the world who think that the world needs to hear what we have to say. Right. I mean, that's not, most people don't think that way. Like we're, <laughs> our egos are, are well, well put together artists. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, yeah. and so it, it's hard for a lot of people to kind of set that aside. And, and cause we want people to see kind of the gifting that the Lord has given us. Um, and, and to do something like this though, you have to just basically be like, look, I don't care who gets the credit for this thing. I just want Jesus to be glorified. And, and, you know, the, I've, I found that the pure, the, the heart that I bring to the Lord, the bigger things he, he allows me, um, you know, an example of this is when we filmed probably my, I guess you'd call it my greatest hit, the, the end of father of lights, which is where we get into the dome of the rock, which is completely yeah. impossible. Oh, cool. And, um, 
you know, a lot of people think that it, that what I do is just, I just hear the Lord. He tells me to go somewhere and do something. And I just, you know, I just go do it. And that happens a lot, but sometimes I just have an idea and I ask God to do it. And that's, that's a, it's a prime example. The Lord never told me to go try to get into the dome of the rock. I, I, it was the last thing I was filming for uh, father of lights. And I, I remember about uh, two days before we left for Israel, I just asked the Lord, I'm like, God, we're filming the ending. And I said, and I, I remember it's the, the clearest prayer I've ever had. I said, Lord, search my heart and like, search the depths of my heart and, and know that I don't want to do anything here other than lift up the name of Jesus and show people who you are. And so I said, just allow me to film something that's totally impossible. Wow. And, uh, you know, it was, and I, I was over there by the time I, I was actually already in Israel when I heard about the dome of the rock and I was like, well, I want to go in there. And, you know, it took God less than two days to do the greatest miracle I've ever been a part of. Um, but, yeah. but it wasn't something that he put on my heart. It was something that I was like, look, I want to do this, but completely and totally for your glory. And, um, and I've just noticed when, when, when you, when you bring that position mixed with like, all you want to do is is lift up the name of Jesus, then you're truly about your father's business. And he loves to, to, to exalt the son. And as long as that's what you're really about, dude, you can't, it, it's impossible to fail. Like he'll totally. always be with you. Totally. And I, th- I love that because the space in between the glory to glory stuff, like when you have these awesome exploits, the space in between where things are just more normal. If it's about Jesus, you're still loving life. You're still loving him. Even in the midst of like, we're in COVID and lockdown and, you know, racial rights and all these things. It's like when you're a Christian, you can feel the pain of what's going on. You might even experience the pain of what's going on, but there's something where you have this like hope against hope that because of what Jesus did on the cross, the father's going to get glory out of your life still. And I love yeah. that. I love, I love that it takes all the performance off of having to have all of life every day be highlighted with awesome moments versus my normal mundane. He takes it and makes it unique and, and he makes it serve him. And I just say that because I think a lot of people have watched your films or have watched, you know, listened to you or have read your books. And, and I think you help them to on-ramp that you're a normal guy. You're not like the prophet of God, you know, going in you know, <laughs> with the glory or whatever, trying to do these things. You're like a normal guy on this God journey of like really trying to discover who he is. And even in your films, you progressed as the films went on and it went from like you following miracles to you actually saying, let's listen to the Holy Spirit and see what, where he'll tell us to go. And it was so cool to watch that transition with you. And I think a lot of people went on their own journey because of that and became, you know, someone who would really listen to the Holy Spirit for Jesus mm-hmm. because of who you are, because of your your legacy, which is really cool. So I so appreciate you. Well, how do people get the book? How do people watch the movies? What's the best way to contact you? Uh, well, the book you get pretty much, I mean, literally anywhere books are sold. So um, whatever your favorite way of getting books is, it's going to be there. Uh, Chasing a God You Don't Want to Catch, again, is what it's called. Uh, as far as like the movies and like my TV shows and stuff, uh, WPFilms.com is the best place to start. Um, you, everything's on there. You can you can learn more about what we do or what I do. And then uh, we also have a, a subscription kind of streaming service called WPTV. And just Google it. You'll find it. Uh, and that has everything that uh, everything that I've ever created and a whole bunch of other extra stuff, too, that's exclusive. But, I mean, it, just just search WP Films. You're going to find you're going to find us. That's so awesome. Well, thanks for being on today, Darren. Thanks for just sharing again who you are, which is one of my favorite things you do in ministry. Just share who you are. And uh, to everyone who's listening, I just want to encourage you to get those materials. 
watch those movies if you're on that exploring <laughs> journey because you're going to change. It changed me. It's changed Darren making them. It's going to change you as well. Thanks for listening today. We have some exciting news. We have a new online platform called Bowls Ministries Online Platform. It includes all of our content for one low price. This is all of our e-courses, which is Keyzone's Economy, Prophetic 101, Modern Profits, Living and Thriving Marriage, God's Secrets. But here's where it gets really interactive. We have a Translating God mentoring platform with new content every week. So weekly teaching videos and group and individual mentoring videos and guest contributors from around the world, weekly prophetic testimonies, weekly Q&A. You're going to love this. This is an interactive platform that invites you to exclusive content from me and guests. There's also an opportunity for you to submit your dreams to interpret. You guys are going to love this. And this is all one low price of $14 a month. And I want you are exploring the prophetic family to join, come be a part of this. It's going to change your life. And I know we're going to enjoy having you. So come visit bowlsministries.com. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles. I want to encourage you to stay involved with us. Continue the conversation online by going to our Facebook page. Sean Bowles is our Facebook public address. Also, you can visit us at www.bowlsministries.com. And if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe to it. It's Exploring the Prophetic with Sean Bowles.